This is Behaviorally Speaking, a brand new podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen discuss the ins and outs of kicking off the new year while staying consistent as a parent. They share five tips and details on how to prioritize them for yourself and for your child. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with special needs. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello, and welcome to our first ever episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hey, Angie. Hey, Kristen. And hi, everyone out there. We are so excited to launch our inaugural podcast. And so here we are. We're at the start of the new year. And a lot of you might have some New Year's resolutions or you're just ready to lay down the law with your kids and make a change (laughs) for 2020. So if so, then today's topic is definitely going to be for you. Today, we're going to be talking about ways to stay consistent as a parent. And if you're like me, although I usually have the best intentions, staying consistent, it's not always easy. That is for sure. On this episode, we're going to discuss some tips to help you stay consistent in your parenting this coming year. And after that, we will share some personal and probably embarrassing stories in our Real Talk by Real Mom segment. All right. I think probably before we start, we should probably maybe just take a little time to introduce ourselves. What do you think? (laughs) That's a good idea. You go ahead. Okay. So I'm Angela. I'm a mom of two girls, a six and a half year old and a four and a half year old. Uh, And I have been told by my kids that that half is very important. So we'll (laughs) got to stick that in there. Uh, We live in Southern California. And uh, in terms of my background, I have a master's degree in educational psychology and counseling. And I am a BCBA, a board certified behavior analyst uh, for the last 10 years or so. And I've worked with kids, teens, and adults with a variety of developmental disabilities in their homes and doing home therapy, doing clinic-based therapy in the school setting and a lot of community-based services. Um, And currently, I work at Rethink, which is a behavioral health solution, more specifically in the healthcare technology space, um, as the executive director of family and clinical services. So really excited to to be doing this podcast with you, Kristen. All right, same to you. And although we sound alike, I am a different person. So <laughs> I am Kristen. That's and what people I, tell us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> she is, Angie is not playing two roles on this. We are no. two different people. <laughs> so I'm Kristen and I am a mom of two little ones as well. Mine are a little younger. My boy is three and my little girl is a year and a half, but she thinks she's five. So, so we got that going on. <laughs> and so So I also have a master's degree in applied behavior analysis. I started my journey in Florida. So I'm a Florida girl at heart. I worked at a school for uh, 
children with autism about 10 years ago, and that's really where I found my passion. And so I worked at that school for quite some time. It was for children with autism. We did ABA therapy. And after that, I moved to Texas. I met my husband. We relocated to Texas, and I started a clinic there for children with autism, doing ABA therapy there as well. And then after that, we we had to relocate again, (laughs) and now we're in Maryland. And so I worked with families here for a bit, and then I started working with Rethink, and that's actually how Angie and I met. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking, too, before we really jump in, we should probably, we've been uh, spouting up a a bunch of uh, acronyms. Maybe we should um, lay out what a BCBA is and what ABA is and all that stuff. Totally. Yeah. So a BCBA or a board certified behavior analyst It's a graduate level credential. It's in applied behavior analysis. A lot of times you'll hear it called ABA, or maybe sometimes people will say ABA therapy. Really, it's just a branch off of psychology. And what we do is we apply our understanding of how behavior works to real life situations. So we use lots of different strategies and setting goals. And we'll probably talk about a good amount of those strategies during our podcast. But we create or we use a lot of strategies to increase behaviors that we want to see continue and then decrease those that not so much. We don't want to see continue. We want to decrease those because maybe they interfere with learning. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I'm thinking, too, we should probably talk about how we know each other yeah we go <laughs> we way back podcast together so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well it's actually a really funny story so i i'll tell the story of how we met um so i was living in texas and i had just had my first little guy and he was about three months old and my friend passed along this really cool job opportunity and so i was like yeah let's do it and so i had to do a skype interview with angie and so like i said i had a, a three-month old and we lived in Texas. I didn't have any child care. So I was like, okay, well, and my husband wasn't there. So I was like, well, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try to do this Skype interview with my child. And so I thought I was savvy and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to hold him below the camera level. <laughs> She'll never know. I think you told me about it ahead of time too. <laughs> I was like, she'll never know that I have a baby here. So I was like, well, he'll just be an angel. He'll just, he won't, you know, he's, he's not going to cry. Well, about five minutes in, he starts crying, of course. So I pop him up into the screen. And so for those of you listening, you can imagine the look on Angie's face when she sees a baby pop up. And so I was like, okay, oh, I'm just going to go lay him down really quick. I'll be right back. So I get up and I lay him down and I was probably gone for like, I don't even know, like 15 seconds. <laughs> so I come back and, and, um, I just remember your face. You kind of looked at me in, in shock and you were like, really, you got him to go to sleep that quick. Is he sleeping? And I was like, no, 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 he's not sleeping. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I was more like impressed with that uh that like sleep miracle that just happened or (laughs) or that a baby popped out of the middle of of the interview but either way I was like okay you're hired because that's awesome right (laughs) that's a good mom juggle right there Mm -hmm. Um, I like you (laughs) exactly right so yeah so so really with that said so Angie and I we wanted to dedicate some time each month to give parents out there helpful research-based and yet practical strategies to help you stay one step ahead even during maybe something like that so during your most challenging times 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think before we jump into the tips, you know, it's important to talk about consistency as a parent. This is a really tough topic. Um, I think this is something hard for probably most parents. Um, I think credibility is really something that comes to mind when you think about consistency. So if you say, you know, if you don't clean your room by the time I'm done with whatever it is, then we're not going to go to the park. But if you go anyways, those kind of if thens really become those empty threats, right? Or a really popular one that we hear a lot at work, Kristen, you'll probably agree is, um, I'm not going to come back here if you call me. I'm not coming back in your room at night, mm-hmm. you know, after I put you to bed. I'm also and then if guilty you keep coming, of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to turn. You know, you come back. Well, your credibility has just mm-hmm. reduced, right? So we know these things when we step back and look at our parenting, but it's definitely more of the how to avoid those things. That's really hard. So that's that's what we want to talk about today. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not as easy as it may sound sometimes. All right, so what do you think? Should we jump into the tips? All right, so let's jump into it. We've got our first tip for you. It's don't bite off more than you can chew. And so when we think about being consistent, we got to think about what we want to be consistent about, right? So when... um, when you really get down to it, it's about prioritizing your obligations so that what you want to work on is manageable. When we are thinking about the challenges that we're faced as parents regarding our, our kids, right? Maybe tantrums, sleep, eating struggles, things like that. It's important to kind of take a step back and think about, all right, what am I going to prioritize? What am I going to focus on right now? Maybe kind of pick one or two things so you can stay on top of those every single time. I think if you start with too much and you just try to be everything, um, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I was uh, my husband and I have this kind of running joke like, uh, don't you feel like you're not successful at anything in your life right now? <laughs> it's, you know, being like a parent, an employee, a friend, oh, yeah. family member. Um it's just really hard to be everything to everyone all the time and and just manage, you know, everything. So prioritize a little bit, kind of take that same philosophy with, with your parenting. Like you, you can't do it all. So prioritize, set realistic goals for yourself. I also have a really common saying that I say to a lot of families that I consult with, which is, you know, if you don't feel like you can follow through on instruction, it's probably best not to say that instruction at all. Um, Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, (laughs) parents, a common uh, complaint of a lot of parents is, you know, I have to tell my child 20 times to do such and such. And so um, that particular goal is is a big one, you know, with regards to being consistent with giving instructions, right? So if you can't be consistent and follow through with those instructions every time, it's probably better not to say uh, anything at all. Um, We'll probably go into specific tips on how to get your kids to respond on the first time. <laughs> That's, we don't want to leave you guys hanging. Um, you know, it certainly has a lot to do with giving the instruction, getting down to their eye level, being very clear, uh, you know, not barking an order across the, the kitchen like I am guilty of doing, but actually going over there and, and not leaving until they actually get going and, and doing what you're saying. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's that's kind of a one example of, you know, not giving instructions unless they're actually going to motor through with it. Oh man, I just did that two nights ago. 
<laughs> so we have, I'll tell the story. So we have this big box of art supplies that we keep at the kitchen table. So hopefully I said, you know, obviously my kids are little, they're one and three. So the, the idea is that they will color over there and occupy themselves while I'm cooking dinner so they can color on the carb. Actually, this might be a tip in a tip. So we keep a box there and they can color all over the cardboard box or sometimes on each other, really, really whatever happens. <laughs> as long as I can cook dinner, but they're coloring <laughs> over there and I was, uh, dinner was ready. And so I said, Hey guys, can you put the markers away? All that really, all they have to do is just throw it in the bin. And so I walked over with their plates and of course they, they didn't put it away. They were still coloring. And so I was thinking to myself, well, why didn't they listen? Well, one, I didn't get their attention. I didn't really make sure I could follow through with it right away. So then I was there in front of them and I was able to say, Hey guys, it's time for dinner can you put the markers in the box and so then they did and and it just made me think of how many times I do that where I'm kind of shouting from across the room like go get your shoes it's time for a daycare and then 10 minutes later of course they didn't get their shoes because they probably weren't (laughs) listening to me so that's a really good example (laughs) well I think sometimes kids get accustomed to the routine of their parents right if they know that you're your usual jam is to kind of say it 20 times before you Mm -hmm. are able to kind of look up from what you're doing, (laughs) then they, they know that that's the routine. Um, so anyways, you know, just to kind of recap that one, don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, don't try to tackle everything. If you want to work on one thing, maybe it's getting your kids to follow your instruction the first time you're at they're they're being asked by you really work on that one. Focus on that one. And, you know, think about how you're going to implement those uh, those instructions, really, um, and follow through with that one thing. Maybe just prioritize that one particular thing and uh, don't worry about doing it all. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tip. And so tip two, which goes along with tip one nicely, use visual support for yourself and for your children. So I am a little obsessed with visuals. (laughs) Any families I talk with know this and anyone who knows me knows I have a calendar in like every room of my house. So it's really how I keep myself on track. And so I'm always telling parents, go ahead and just make a calendar for yourself, but then also make a calendar for your children. So it's a really good way to help your children stay on track and then also help you stay consistent with whatever your expectations are for them. So uh, some good ideas would be if your child is particularly, maybe they have a hard time if you're going out of town or if there's a babysitter or if they have a school project due and they don't have enough time to do it. So those are some really good things to write on their own little personal calendar. I have a family I talk with and they, the little girl wants a sleep over every every Friday and Saturday and the mom was like look we need some restrictions here so she said all right every other Friday you can have a sleepover so she wrote it up on the calendar and it was really helpful because it helped set the expectation ahead of time and helped her stay consistent with what she was allowing so Mm -hmm. another yeah so another really fun example with that is I'm sure many of you have said to your children go clean your room and then you you go about your business you're doing whatever and you come back and then the room is not clean your child might <laughs> not like I did yeah <laughs> or they're not even in the room because they picked it up in their mind <laughs> mm-hmm. I cleaned up that shirt I'm good so uh, one thing you can do is take a picture of what that room looks like when it's clean print it out 
And then you have it. So the next time you say, go clean your room, you have that visual support for you of what that expectation is. So you can say, well, your room isn't really so clean because look at the picture of your clean room and let's do a little comparing here. So it helps with them know what is the expectation. And then it also helps you with keeping the same expectation. So you sometimes you might, oh, that's good enough because we've got to run to the store. Well, if you're not consistent in your clean your room expectation, then it might be confusing to your kid. Yeah, I love that. I know you mm-hmm. hosted a webinar a couple months ago about executive functioning and um, that was a big part of that. Even oh, just yeah. having a picture of, you know, on little bins of like, this is where the Legos go. Right. And these mm-hmm. are where the Barbies go and, you know, school supplies. So yeah, I love that. We have... Um, we use all sorts of visuals in our house too. We've got a chore chart in particular. Oh, Kids yeah. are a little bit older. So they've got their chores and we use dry erase boards all the time. You can just, you know, get those anywhere. And they they kind of go through and cycle through every other week and select what chores they're going to do. They write it out there. You know, what kid doesn't like doodling on a dry erase board, right? Mm-hmm. Like the teacher yeah. at, at school. So, um, yeah. So it's nice because it keeps us on the same page. It keeps us consistent. It's like, OK, well, what does the dry erase board say <laughs> you have to do? You know, it's, it's up there. It's objective. Um, I didn't make you we, do it. It was the dry erase board. <laughs> yeah. I will say put it, though, put it in a place where you will see it every day because sometimes those things just kind of fall by the wayside, too. Mm-hmm. So you got to make them useful. Put them in a place where you're going to see them and it helps, you know, everybody stay consistent. Right, exactly. That makes me think of something else, too. So you can use a dry erase board for your rules. So a lot of house you have you've oh, got yeah. your household rules. And so, again, sticking with consistency, write those rules up on that board. And again, the, the board could be the bad guy if you want. But it really helps reduce some negotiation. So I don't know about you, Angie, but my kids are really good at negotiating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of your your kids are as well. And so it really helps to put the rules up there and say, okay, we don't eat in the living room. We go to bed at this time. Whatever your household rules are, put those up there as well. And it's just another way to help you stay consistent. Yeah. So that's really that's that's kind of the the recap there of, of tip two. So use those visual supports and really think about whatever you can use that you can see. It'll be right there in front of your face. What can you use that will help you stay consistent with either your expectations for your child? All right. So moving on to tip number three, developing a routine. So I am definitely when I work with families, I'm definitely a big fan of, you know what, do if what's working is working and what you're doing is working. Your kids are happy and healthy. Everybody's good. Just keep doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. but what ends up happening a lot of times is that parents will come to us and say, yeah, you know, things are kind of breaking down. And one of the first things I'll ask is, well, do you guys have a routine? Um, a lot of times they say no, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's fine. But if, if things are breaking down, that's one of the first things that I usually talk about with with families is, well, when it comes to consistency, having a routine, having creating some sameness for your kids so they know what to expect, they can adapt, having these established, you know, healthy habits uh, can really be a game changer. Um I know you added in about the visuals too, and that's definitely important to to think about here. Oh, definitely right? for because routines. Oh yeah, that, that yeah, evening absolutely. chart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> evening perfect bedtime. example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you have some kids use a picture schedule um, mm-hmm. or just you know checklist. Really, it kind of depends on your child's age and developmental level. But having some sort of visuals thrown in there, too, um, to help with that routine can be really crucial. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that um, I 
have been talking with with families about and kind of have read about is just the inconsistencies for parents. Sometimes they're intentional. Sometimes they're unintentional. Right. So an unintentional inconsistency might cause some chaos in your house. That might be something like your kids whining at the store and to make them stop, you say, okay, fine, fine. Just, you know, get the candy. You weren't <laughs> intending to, to break that consistency, but in the moment things happen, right? We're human. Um, but that ends up kind of coming back to bite you later. Oh yeah. <laughs> Next time you go to the store, they're like, where's that candy mom? <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about that in our next yeah. webinar too, or in our next podcast on behavior. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, but there's definitely examples where you can be intentional with your inconsistencies. And sometimes parents will ask me, like, does that mean I have to be so rigid? I can't ever be spontaneous and flexible. And I say, no, absolutely not. You know, there's a strategic way about that. You you can have some intentional inconsistencies. I'll give you an example. Uh, we just finished winter break with my kids and they wanted to go see um, a movie. And it was, at you know, like, one or two in the afternoon and so they're kind of giving me the eyes or looking at the snack bar looking at all the candy and <laughs> popcorn and i was like okay yes uh, we can but i just want to establish something here girls <laughs> this isn't a normal thing this is a special treat because we're at the movies and we don't normally eat candy at two o'clock in the afternoon um but it's a special treat so it's yeah, I was you just going to say, were they checking to make sure you were OK? Like you allowed candy in the middle of the day? <laughs> well, they, they were just like, yes, you're the yeah. best mom ever. <laughs> um, but uh, but, you know, when it's something like that, where you're actually proactively establishing, hey, we're carving out this special thing. Um, I'm intentionally being inconsistent with my mm-hmm. usual rules that can really, you know, kind of help you stay on stay on the straight and narrow. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Another thing, another point you could, or another point to that would be, and this is like a little trick, actually, it's a little sneaky trick in there, but um, I use this a lot with my kids and lots of parents I consult with, I say, give it a try. But if you know that you're going somewhere like the movies or maybe even the park or something on a Saturday, you, you could not tell them ahead of time, but then when you're going to go, you tie it into something great that they did. So it's like, hey, you followed your morning routine so great this morning, or you oh, I love how you were so nice to your sister and you helped her out. Uh, Because of that, we're going to go to the movies or because of that, we can have that candy in the middle of the day. So just a little trick there to make sure you're tying in some reinforcers and letting them know that, oh, that good behavior, that's what we're looking for. Mm, Very sneaky, very sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) My poor kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So just to kind of recap this one, developing a routine can be really helpful in helping you stay consistent. That uh, routine helps your kids to stay on track. They know what to expect. You can kind of manage those expectations, build up those those good habits and, and have your kids start adapting um, over time. So that way you don't have to worry about, you know, um, looking inconsistent. Your, your kids will kind of help you stay on that track as well. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good tip. All right. And so tip number four, I this one's probably the hardest for me out of all of the tips. So commit to sticking to it for a set amount of time. So I'll ask you, Angie, have you tried like, I don't know, a new skincare routine or maybe a new diet or a fitness program? Oh, yeah. Like every January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the new year. So probably a lot of you out there are trying something new. Definitely. So yeah. really, you know, then that you've got to give it a couple weeks to see if it works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if you're trying something new for yourself or you're trying something new for your children, maybe you're doing that, that daily chart or the evening routine we talked about, or maybe that chore chart. So if you're starting something new with your child, you've got to give it at least two weeks to see if it's going to be effective. Yeah, absolutely. I think two weeks can definitely sound kind of seem like forever right yeah. but oh, yeah. you know it's <laughs> gotta give it that try <laughs> right well I always tell parents don't count the days <laughs> just say okay uh, on January 14th I'm gonna check in see how this is going maybe write it up on that calendar and then on that day I'm gonna check in and I'm gonna see how it's going I think a lot of parents they just assess it every single day and like oh no you know this isn't this isn't going well and so because of that they think, well, all right, I'm just going to give up entirely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So that leads me to my next point. So a lot of times when a program's not working or maybe a new strategy is not working, it's because somebody said, OK, well, it wasn't working and I just gave up too soon, essentially threw in the towel. So instead of doing that, one thing that you could do is try to modify it a little bit. So maybe the expectations were too high. Maybe your child didn't understand it. And so really just making some modifications can be helpful. I have a fun yeah. story, even though it's it's not really related to kids so much, but it's it's about, um, I think a lot of families might be able to relate to it, but I was going over to my sister-in-law's house for Thanksgiving and we had a lot of people. So she was making her famous macaroni and cheese recipe, but she was doubling the recipe. So she, she doubled the noodles, but forgot to double everything else. So she was stirring it and was like, what is going on here? Like, I don't understand why this is not cooking right. So she quickly realized like, oh, I didn't put in the extra milk and the butter and the cheese. So she added those things back in and she was able to salvage it and it was good. It was, it was wonderful. And, and she had enough for everyone. But the point there is had she just thrown it away, she wouldn't have known that, well, it really could have been successful. And so you can do the same thing when you're working with your kids. If you've tried something new, try to fix it a little bit or or maybe add something in or take something out and see if it'll be successful. Yeah, I have a good example of that, actually. Oh, yeah, good. With my younger daughter with the bedtime routine (laughs) or just sleeping in general. My my (laughs) older one's been great. And I thought, you know, gosh, this is wasn't everybody talking about the sleep thing. <laughs> My kids sleep great. And then number two came along mm-hmm. and we had, it was a different story. So um, <laughs> I came up with a plan where, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm a behavior analyst. You know, I can, I can come up with some great, you know, evidence-based strategies around this and I'm going to, um, you know, come up with a plan. So really we came up with a plan where she needed to stay in her, uh, her room for a, a certain consecutive number of days and, and um, until, it got light outside and then um, she could earn donuts on the weekend as a reward. And, um, you know, it really wasn't resonating with her at all. The next day she just came out and she's like, eh, I don't want donuts, you know, <laughs> or the moment. It just wasn't really valuable to her. So I was like, OK, you know, I'm not going to give up. This is important to us. We're we're not going to just say, oh, we, we don't have a very 
good sleeper here. We're going to work on it, kind of tweak it a little bit. So um, I went back to the drawing board. I kind of reassessed what she wanted to work for. I got one of those okay to wake up clocks. So I had something visual to help her kind of kind of prompt her when it was okay to, to come out of her room in the morning because she was waking us up at like all different times. Like, is it, oh, a, is man. it time to wake up now? Is it time no. to wake up now? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Or coming out, you know, at, at night too and just saying like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tired, you know? Um, <laughs> And then we also revised the kind of what we call the mastery criteria, right? So instead of having all these consecutive days, um, I just said, you know, it needs to be four days. You need to stay in your room for for four days until the light turns green and, and then you can earn uh, your reward. And so that was good because if she yeah. had a kind of a hiccup one day where she, she wasn't consistent, um, not all was lost and uh, she could try again the next night. So we, we kept revising and came up with a good system and yeah, I'm happy to report it's been, I don't know, a couple months now where we haven't really had too many issues. So oh, good. feeling yeah. confident about that. Yeah, that's a perfect example. So I think as parents, sometimes we want to set this expectation and especially uh, me being a behavior analyst, I'm like, okay, I'm going to set this expectation. I'm going to stick with it. And I, I can't really, I can't go from this at all. I need to stick with this and this needs to work. But we need to remember that we are, we are human and that uh, we can change our expectations a bit and we can revise it and it, it'll be okay. So really that's, that's kind of the the takeaway for this one is first start something out once you've decided what that is you're going to work on be consistent with it for a set amount of time give it two weeks at least mark it on your calendar put it on your calendar yeah don't (laughs) count the days (laughs) and then if you feel like okay i've given this two weeks but you know it's just not really working out see if you can make some modifications so don't just throw in the towel and jump to the next thing see if you can make some modifications with that and give it another two weeks then to see how it's going yeah absolutely definitely a good one it's uh, sometimes it feels like you just want to give up when something's not mm-hmm. working but you could right. be just almost there a little tweak could, yeah, could be all exactly. that you need yeah. So, all right. So let's get into the last tip of the day, Kristen. Already um, there. Number five. Yeah, <laughs> we're already there. Uh, get back up from other adults. So Ooh, this yeah. is tough. It's hard being a parent. Uh, you know, it's just, it's hard being consistent as a parent, mm-hmm. right? And so... If you can get back up from other adults that are in, in your life, in your child's life, uh, a partner, your child's uh, other parent, perhaps, if, you know, if applicable, um, a teacher, grandparent, child care worker, you know, I think that when your children are young, the child care workers and this, the teachers are really, really great partners when it comes mm-hmm. to this sort of thing, kind of joining together and letting them know what your priorities are. So going back to that first tip, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew, pick uh, one or two priorities, something you're going to work on and say, hey, you know, we're working on this at home. Is there a way that you can also use this same language or kind of go through the same procedure, right? You know, do kind of uh work on the same sort of things essentially um and uh, you might be surprised that more often than not they'll probably be agreeable to that and and want to be on the same page and your child's going to see okay all these important adults in my life are doing things the same way and using that same language and it's really going to help um them kind of get in get on track with that and and help you stay consistent too when everybody else has got your back um i think it's important to to point out that it's, I think it's unrealistic to assume that um, both 
parents, if both parents are in the picture, are going to be on the same page with everything, right? It's oh, natural yeah. <laughs> to have some parenting variations. Totally. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to just agree on the big picture things, right? So, for example, my husband and I, we have periodic kind of just meetings where we'll, um, when, when you know, it's just us two, we'll say, hey, let's have a meeting. We need to talk about <laughs> certain things that might be a discipline or it might be a school sort of thing or you know are we going to add an extracurricular activity do we think that might be too much you know those sort of things little minor things it's we're just not going to always agree on everything i think it's unrealistic to assume that we would so right you know um coming together agreeing on big picture stuff um, and then being on the same page getting back up um and agreeing okay we're gonna we're gonna be consistent on these particular uh, priorities together is is much better when you've got uh, people on your side. Totally. Yeah. And it also helps if you tell everyone else what you're doing, it helps them hold you accountable <laughs> too. Absolutely. So <laughs> if you're thinking like, well, I'm going to work on this and then you kind of fall off the wagon. Well, these other people that you've told that you're doing this, they can help you stay consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was thinking about too, when you were coming or when you were talking about this tip is why well, I, I walked in the other day to my son's daycare and he, he had hit someone. And so one of our rules at our home is, is no hitting. And so yeah. I was thinking like, Whoa, what's going on here? And the daycare teacher said, well, it's okay. Cause he's still learning. And I, I had to say, well, you know, we are working on hitting at home and it's something that we don't do, especially cause he's got a little sister. So although she definitely stands up for herself, I will say, <laughs> but, but it's like, well, I, you know, we don't hit at our house. So is it okay if when, if, if he hits at school, if you could say, we don't hit, have him use his words or ask for that toy. It was actually a toy that he wanted. So that's why he hit his friend. And so I had to tell her to work on that. And I think that goes along with this, getting the backup, but also making sure that you feel okay with telling the teachers or the daycare professionals that what you're working on so that they can work on it too yeah i think that's important just being feeling like you can feel okay exactly with yeah you know kind of asserting what your Mm -hmm. priorities are there so right absolutely so yeah to recap that one get back up from other adults other people that are in your child's life let them know what you're working on let them know that it hey this is a priority for me can you you know be on the same page as me it's it's really really important and really appreciate it and and i think probably nine times out of 10, they, uh, that'll work out pretty nicely for you. So yeah. All right. I think that's, that's it, right? We're done with our tips. Those are the Um, tips. (laughs) Yeah. Should we do a recap? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So recap number, uh, tip number one, uh, don't bite off more than you can chew. Maybe pick one or two parenting priorities that you want to focus on. Maybe it's getting your kids to listen on the first time, like the example we were talking about at the beginning, uh, whatever it is, focus on that. Try not to put too much pressure on yourself. You'll be more likely to stay consistent if you really have one main thing, uh, in, in mind, one or two. Um, and, uh, kind of maybe use some visual supports with that. Yeah, that's tip two. So use those visual supports for you and your children. So make sure to add in those visual supports, really anything that is going to help you stay consistent or remember or keep those expectations with your kids. 
Yeah, absolutely. Going off that one too, I think that supports tip number three, Mm -hmm. develop a routine. So creating sameness, uh, working on the same sort of things, knowing what the expectations are. if you have an evening routine, maybe use those visuals, write it right. down, do things in, in a similar fashion each night. So your kids will kind of fall in line as well and help you stay consistent. Totally. And then really just piggybacking off of that one. So tip four, once you decide what you're going to work on, you've created those visuals, commit to sticking to it for a set amount of time. So two reasons a lot of programs or strategies don't work. One, because you didn't stick it out long enough or two, because you essentially changed what you were doing in the middle. So either you, you gave up too soon or you just switched it all together. So really making sure to give it a couple weeks to see if it's going to be effective once you hit those two weeks before just stopping altogether see if you can modify it a little bit absolutely and our last tip of the day get back up from other adults so if it's a teacher or um, another parent grandparent child care worker let them know what you're working on let them know and ask for their help Um, get their you know, get their support and uh, and helping you stay consistent with uh, your priorities and kind of what you want to work on uh, in your parenting. Yeah. Totally. And so we said in the beginning we would have our little real talk with real mom segment. So we really just wanted to maybe talk about some things that may have happened recently in our lives. I know with kids, usually there's something usually strange that happens. But uh, Angie, anything new or or strange (laughs) or funny or anything that happened over the last day? (laughs) Right. Um. Yeah, it's weird because this this week is our first official week back from winter break and um, my older daughter's in first grade and the first graders at my child's school always do um, a play, a Bugs Life play. Mm -hmm. And there's five first grade classes. So there's there's like over 100 first graders that they have to coordinate. But they're all different. There's like five different bugs that each um, kid could could be and they randomly assign roles and my daughter came home i guess two days ago in tears and and i was like what's going on you know why you're crying she said i'm an army aunt i don't want to be an army aunt and um you know my first thought is okay well I'm a problem solver, right? That's what mm-hmm. I do for my job. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, how can, what can we do? You know, maybe we can figure out another solution. And then I'm like, you know what? Um, no, she's, this is the role that her teacher gave her. Mm-hmm, right. you know, she needs to learn how to kind of deal with being upset. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm kind of kicking into the, the counselor role, right? Like, oh gosh, you know, I understand yeah. you're really upset. You don't want to be the, the army aunt. And she's kind of telling me why and she thinks that it's for boys, you know, those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to walk her through it. Like, oh, you know, I think it's for boys and girls and how fun and that sort of thing. But right, right. It was it was funny because my mom um, lives fairly close. She came over um, and we were talking about it. She's been a teacher for uh, like 30 years and she's just like, yeah, she's going to be an army aunt. Uh, that's it. She is. <laughs> you know, she's speaking just of that of backup, like, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Um, but I think it was a good lesson for her in kind mm-hmm. of working through being upset. Um 
trying to figure out ways to just kind of work through it, right? It was a good lesson for yeah, me. As a yeah, I was going to say, life lesson for both of you, really. Yeah, it is. It's a good, you're right. I mean, it's a good life lesson. It's like things are not always going to go your way. There's not always mm-hmm. going to be a way to kind of weasel out of something. You're just going to have to learn how to cope with being upset and not getting the role that you that you want, right? right. So it was kind of a, it was a good learning lesson for both of us. Yeah. So, I actually yeah. had a life lesson this week, too. I guess since we'll, we'll just stick along that theme. So, <laughs> So I was, I guess it was, I think it was two nights ago. I was, um, I, well, I probably every mom can relate or dad can relate to this, but I started a load of laundry in the morning. I forgot it was there. And so it was eight o'clock at night and I realized, ah, I didn't put it in the dryer. So oh, no. I, yeah. So I said loudly, ah, I forgot to put that, those clothes in the dryer. So I go over and I, I'm in, I'm in the middle of putting them in the dryer and my three-year-old walks over and he says, it's okay, mommy. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And it was just so cute. Like he, obviously they've been working on that daycare, which is wonderful, but it made me think, I was like, oh, you know, a lot of times we, we want to be consistent. We want to set these expectations, but we have to remember that it's not always going to go perfect. He doesn't care if the clothes get in the dryer. He was, he was probably happy that I played a game with him before he went yeah. to bed or read him a book. He you just know? wants you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it really made me think like, ah, you know, we we, although we want to be consistent, we want to set these expectations. I think to our listeners out there, give yourself some slack. You don't have to be perfect all the time. You definitely can't be superwoman or superman. So just, you know, just think about what your your child probably is just happy that you're you're there and you're helping them through some things. Yeah. What a nice way to end it, Kristen. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's a good segue into where yes. that's it for today. But we want to thank everyone for joining us for our very first episode of Behaviorally Speaking. We will be back next month to talk about the basics of behavior. So tune in for that one to learn the why and the what to do about it. And until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with special needs. Don't forget to subscribe to Behaviorally Speaking on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for joining us.